This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Burgett. Thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Sean Bolson joining us uh, on the telephone. And, and uh, Sean, another big hockey weekend for you as uh, MSU Mankato, your son, uh, Caden, uh, plays for them. Uh, is Are we at the end of the regular season or into the playoffs yet? No, two games left in the regular season. Okay. Uh, Bemidji's up by four points. We are at Bemidji. So uh, three points for a regulation win, two for an overtime win, one for an overtime loss. So if we go up and we can beat Bemidji, we uh, would win the conference championship, which with the coaching change, which with uh, Minnesota State losing a lot of players, uh, they were not expected to be in this. So yeah, if we have a good weekend, we can win the conference championship and get the one seed in the conference tourney. If not, we should finish in the top couple either way, but uh, kind of looking forward to it. Uh, Bemidji's got got a kid that Cade played with on the Minnesota Blades growing up, so I'm going up with his dad, and, sure. and uh, we're going to spend some time, and we're going to have a fun time. I haven't been to Bemidji in a long time, so it should be fun. Yeah, no doubt, and, and uh, I, I really like that area of the country, certainly. So uh, what conference is it again, then? It's the uh, CCHA. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's you got it, it's the old WCHA minus you know North Dakota and Minnesota. Yeah. Where did North Dakota go in in terms of a conference? Them, uh, they're in Cade's old conference, the NCHC. That's got St. Cloud, North Dakota, and Duluth. So yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, lot of great college hockey up here in the upper Midwest, that's for sure. So many uh, good leagues and so forth. I still long for the old days of the WCHA when all these teams were in the same conference. I, I still think that was better for hockey in the state. No question. And I wanted to watch the game the other night, uh, the Gopher game. Well, I couldn't get it even on uh, Big Ten Network. So yeah. the, the big thing, I know it's money, but um, for you, for you to be in the state of hockey, and and the Gophers are good. They're top yeah. 10 in the country, and to be able to want to watch a game and you can't even get them anywhere, I mean, it's kind of a joke. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think we all wish it was the old old conference, but it isn't, so we'll take what we get. Yeah, that's right. Uh, quickly, since we're on the Gophers here a little bit, the Gopher men's basketball team, a little better this year than I thought. It looks like they'll probably wind up short of an NCAA tournament bid, but but eight and eight in the Big Ten so far. That's more wins than I thought they'd have by this point. That's for sure. It is a big one tonight too against at Illinois. You know, Illinois is yep. what thirteen in the country, yep. and you know the, the Gophers. This Pharrell Payne, I couldn't figure out because he was okay, and then I caught the stat where he was zero for seventeen from the free throw line, and yeah. and all of a sudden he started playing like crazy, dunking it everywhere, being a major force inside. You got Garcia, who's you know a good player, and then. Um, the uh, uh, Christie has really come on, and the, yeah. and the point guard has come on. I've actually watched some of their games recently. So, if they could get a big road win, one of these quad one wins, and then pick up a couple more, uh, that'd be big. You know, they did get kind of manhandled at Nebraska, who is uncharacteristically uh, uh, good this year. You yeah. know, Nebraska hasn't been a good team in the in the past. So, right. um, yeah, and I think Ethan and I are going to go down at to the Target Center and, and pick out a, a day and a session and go down and watch the Big Ten tourney there this year. So That's right. It's kind of fun that it's here. I forgot about that. Is that next week, the Big Ten tournament down there? No, I thought it was, too. It's in two weeks. Okay, all right. But uh, the Wednesday only has one session, so that'll be two games of the basically the play-in. But then I think we're going to try to go to the Thursday uh, session. So I think there's, an, uh, there's, what, eight or four games on Thursday. Okay. Two on Wednesday, 
four on Thursday, four on Friday, and then two Saturday and one Sunday. So, um, yeah, to have it right here at the Target Center, not my favorite venue to go to, but yeah. yet you have the Big Ten uh, tournament there. You might as well check it out. That's the draw. It's, uh, you get to see some quality college basketball uh, up close and in person. Uh, get a chance to see Zach Eady if you uh, uh, run across uh, Purdue. It's always fun to watch uh, a giant run around on the floor. Yeah, I don't think we'll see him because we're going to go on Thursday. Uh, they won't be the playing double yet. Buy. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the four get the double by, but we could pick up, you know, you got to pick your session now. Well, who knows if the Gophers will be in the afternoon or night session. So, either way, uh, we're going to get to see some good basketball. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah, no doubt. While we're on basketball, the Timberwolves continue to play well. Uh, winners the last couple of games, and I think it's like seven out of the last nine or something. They're on a another good stretch here. Uh, does it matter to you if they wind up with the number one seed or just as long as they're in the top four? Well, it would be nice because mm-hmm. if we advance past round one, it would be nice to have that, that home court you know, for round two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it hurts. Uh, they've been playing well on the road, too. Last night at home, you know, they were blowing – uh, bad San Antonio team out, and then all of a sudden San Antonio got it to within six at the end. Yeah. Those kinds of situations in the playoffs, I think you'd rather have a key game. The more games at home being played, I think the better. So it'd be fun to get a one seed, but heck, in the past we're always talking about if they're going to be in the play-in game. They always ended up somewhere between 7 and 11. Yeah. So yeah. kind of fun to see them uh, making a run at the top. No doubt. I mean, it couldn't be uh, more fun to watch uh, the Timberwolves than they have been this year. At the same time, they can have you pulling your hair out once in a while because we see how talented they are, and they'll be blowing teams out, and then suddenly it'll kind of their offense will devolve, and they'll start to take a lot of long threes that allow teams to get back into it, kind of like uh, last night. So they can still be frustrating at times too. Yeah, but this year the difference is we would, you know, in the NBA Every team, regardless of talent, it seems like at some point gets big leads and then teams come back. In the past, the Timberwolves would get a big lead, the other team would come back, get over the mountain, and win. Yeah. At least this year, you know, I don't know if it's just uh, you know microcosm of the league or what it is, but you get a big lead, the other team always seems to come back, but the Timberwolves are good enough to put them away at the end, which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the. It, it definitely is frustrating, but you know, Gobert is doing now what they finally thought he would. Towns was out last night, so you know, Gobert is playing at a really high level. He's such a force in the paint. Where yeah. they're they're a pretty entertaining team to watch. They are, no doubt. Gobert has really played much better this year. Now he's limping around on an ankle a little bit. Well, last night I was still seeing him extend his defense all the way out to the three-point line and then able to retreat. I think he wound up with five block shots or something. You know, he's kind of a uh, older brother figure to Wembenyama, the the Spurs' seven-foot-four-inch star. They're both Frenchmen. Uh, I think they've played on a national team together uh, in the past when Wemby was like 17 years old. And uh, Rudy, of course, was already a grizzled vet of the NBA. But that Wembenyama... He's fun to watch. It's just amazing to watch a guy who looks like a praying mantis out there be so uh, coordinated, so talented with his ball handling and everything. It's pretty amazing to watch a man of that size play with those type of skills. Yeah, and, you know, he wasn't on shooting last night, but, um, you know, quite the skills. But you did see one time in the in the fourth quarter where Gobert got it down deep and he turned it, he just dunked right on him. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, just the the power. Wembenyana, I don't know if his body type will allow him to really fill out much more. I mean, right. we all remember Manute Bowl. Yep. Um, you know, it was when you get to be that tall, other than like a Yao Ming, 
who, you know, was pretty, you know, stout. Uh, but Wembenyana, he's just so thin. But, man, athletic, can bring the ball up, can shoot, and he, you know, can block shots. So, yeah, he's going to be a good player for a long time. Yeah, fun to watch. He can spin guys on the baseline, and then he'll be underneath the basket still. And with those plastic man arms, he just reaches out and dunks the ball anyway. Uh, pretty amazing stuff to watch, that's for sure. Uh, hey, uh, the scouting combine going on for the NFL uh, this week. I don't find myself sitting and watching it. I mean, they'll televise a lot of it. I like to catch the highlights. I like to hear some 40 times. And sometimes there's a quarterback who they say, well, he has small hands. Let's find out what his hand measurement is. But uh, for what I understand, the top three uh, quarterbacks who most believe are going to go the first three are not going to throw. Uh, some of the other QBs uh, will throw uh, uh, there. And and uh, I don't know that the Vikings, that their mind will be made up by anything that goes on this week. It's, but it is a chance for them to get together and network and, and discuss a variety of things, I'm sure, about player movement and that. It, it is. And, you know, I always like to uh, to hear the – talk around these quarterbacks you know now all of a sudden I saw one pick where you know you have McCarthy and Nick's going in the top 22 so now you might have five quarterbacks as you and I talk quarterbacks always get overvalued at this point yep. um, you know seeing that I love watching the offensive lineman run the 40-yard dash <laughs> every now and then and you know like it makes a difference if the guy is uh, 5-1-2 or 5-1-8 you know yeah. like I, I don't think you're gonna have a whole lot of teams Deciding on you know if we take him because of you know point zero five in the in the forty yard dash for the offensive lineman. So <laughs> right. I always find some of the drills entertaining. You know there are some lateral side to side drills, especially for D backs. You know the ability to get out of their breaks and so on. I get that, but watching some of these drills, it just seems like overkill. It's kind of yeah. kind of comical, but uh, I do find myself tuning in to listen to some of it because you yeah. know what? Every time you do it, you hear something different. You know you got. Adam Schefter reporting this, yep. then you got the other guy doing, you know, the other NFL guy reports this, and, and so it's just a bunch of people there networking, I think, trying to get in with the GMs and see what the teams are thinking, and, uh, you know, taking a look at all these players, so yeah. it is quite an event. Yeah, no doubt, uh, and not surprised at all that both Quasi Adolfa Mensa and, uh, and KOC uh, were both uh, saying we want Kirk Cousins back, we want Justin Jefferson, we haven't even considered trading Jefferson. You know, they have to say that right now. It's possible that that's really how they feel, that they haven't considered trading uh, Jefferson. That's possible. Uh, you know, they don't have to. I mean, they've, they've got him under contract still uh, for two more seasons. They don't even have to sign him to an extension. I, I think that's possible. They haven't considered trading him yet, but if they don't get him signed to an extension and we go through another year, they might consider it next year. I do agree with you, but I do not think we can pay him quarterback money. I don't think so either. I'm hearing these crazy numbers. Yep. Uh, you know, he wants to set the new standard, and that's great. But as we've talked before, I mean, you can you can win the Super Bowl without having, you know, the most lethal wide receiver in the league. Yep. Um, and, you know, he's really, really good. I like him. He's a team guy. You know, he was hurt. He showed up at all the games on the sidelines, you know. Seems like a decent locker room guy. Yep. I really want his services, but you, you can't park forty million bucks on a on a wide receiver. Which no. you know, some of these numbers wanting this guaranteed and this and that. So obviously, Quasey's going to have to figure that out. Uh, we we want him on our team, but you know, everything comes with a price. And when you're boiling down the salary cap and what can we do, you know, you have to be able to field the team. Yeah. 
He's been saying, you know, well, I, not he has been saying it, but I'm hearing reports that he wants to be set a new market for wide receivers. Well, that's fine. But he doesn't want to just set it where uh, Jamar Chase come, comes along, you know, a few weeks later, and now he's the highest paid wide receiver. Jefferson wants to put it out so he's still the highest paid wide receiver two or three years from now. And that's going to get to be a lot of money and not just the highest paid wide receiver. But like you said, he wants to be paid quarterback money and he wants to get uh, guaranteed. At least that's what we're hearing. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe that isn't all true. We don't know. But that seems to be where all the smoke is coming from, that Jefferson wants, you know, $40 million a year, like you referenced, for four years and much of that guaranteed. I just don't think he can do that either. I don't either. Um, I, I, You need a quarterback. You need quality skill position players, and you need good offensive and defensive lines. I mean, period. That's You look at these teams that are having success, that's what they have. Yeah. You know, you even look at the Super Bowl, the play that forced, um, the Niners to kick the field goal. You had Chris Jones, who was wrecking havoc in the middle yep. of the whole game. You know, he pressured Purdy and made him throw it away, and they kicked the field goal, and then Kansas City went down and, and uh, scored a touchdown. So, you know, and they threw it to a guy who hadn't cut very many touchdowns uh, all year. Um, and they had a quarterback that, you know, orchestrated the drive. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of areas that can provide success, and you don't. I don't think tying $40 million bucks up in a receiver is the answer. No, I don't think so either. So I've seen a number on Cousins, three years, $100 million, $75 million, uh, guaranteed as an estimate of what it'll take to sign him. Would you sign Cousins for that contract? I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can get him, you know what, that $30 million, and the nice thing is, you know, we didn't kick all the salary cap. Now, we, we have some flexibility this year. The salary cap did just get bumped up another, what, $22 million, I think it was. Yep. And so, you know, does that mean other teams have more money? Yeah, but Vikings have a little more room. And if you can get Cousins on a three-year $90 million deal with 75 guaranteed, I mean, that's an incredible amount of money. But if you look at what's out there and the quality you're going to get, I'm okay doing that. I would definitely take that deal. Uh, and would you at that point still draft a quarterback then? If I have a quarterback I like. Mm-hmm. That would give you... You know, three years. So, I mean, next year they're all down about the quarterbacks. But, you know, every year you hear some of that, and then all of a sudden the quarterbacks all get overvalued the week of the, week of the combine. So, yeah, I would try to definitely – you're going to need to draft a quarterback this year, next yep. year, sometime soon. But um, if you can lock Cousins for three years at that number, I mean, that's a really – I'd consider a team-friendly deal, and I'd definitely be willing to do that. Yeah, we'll see if that uh, comes out or not. I'm not sure what's been holding it up. You know, I mean, the the Vikings have exclusive negotiating rights right now with Cousins. It, it just feels like if they were going to sign him, if they were close to getting a deal done, uh, that, that it might have happened by now. The league year ends on March 12th or 13th. And if he isn't signed by then, then they take that dead cap hit of 28 and a fraction uh, million. It would be hard to pay the dead cap money and a contract on top of that. So I think we'll know on Cousins before the league year ends. Yep, I agree. Because, you know, even hearing Cousins on one of his podcasts, he said, you know, this isn't crazy, you know, uh, you know, it's not way out of the norm. You know, he said the last yeah. week of February, the first week of March, he goes, that's when if something's going to happen, he goes, you know, yeah. I figure we'll come to it by then. So we still have some time. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see what happens uh, uh, with the Vikings. It's a lot of fun to watch uh, the Vikings this offseason. Uh, that's for sure. We haven't heard anything on Daniil Hunter either. It really feels like they're going to allow him to leave via free agency. 
Yeah, he's the one that you really haven't heard much talk on. Does seem like that odd man out like we've talked before. So yeah. I don't look for him coming back, which means you are going to have to bolster that D-line because he was one of the few guys that could get to the quarterback that we had. So, um, you know, you're going to have areas in need, and that definitely is one of them for the Vikes. Yeah. Uh, Eagle Creek is opening on Friday. Now, I know you're headed up to Bemidji to watch uh, some hockey, but, boy, it'll be an early uh, start to the golf season. It could be one of those where we start play a little bit and then are closed for a few days or a week or whatever and then open up again. Uh, but to just talk about the golf season opening on the 1st of March, that's, well, kind of early. That is early. I remember when I played in March before, I was on number five, and I had a really bad second shot, and it was going in the water, and it bounced off the ice onto the green. And I thought, wow, this is great. So winter golf at times has treated me well because (laughs) some of those obstacles that seem to get you, uh, they're they're playing a little bit different at that time. So, yeah, it'd be fun. I think it'll be walking only, but you got the new ownership group out there and excited to get the course open. So that'll be fun. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we'll talk with our buddy Snow next Monday on how the opening weekend uh, went this weekend. I'm kind of busy myself. I'm going to Fergus Falls for basketball on Friday, and then a fair chance of going right back to Fergus Falls again on Saturday for uh, another basketball game. So I'm kind of hooked up this weekend myself as well, but looking forward to uh, courses, Eagle Creek and area courses uh, getting open, that's for sure. Do you remember when Anthony Kim played on the PGA Tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I believe Anthony, I kind of remember him, but yeah. I believe he had nine or ten birdies at Augusta one round. Wow. So so he can really play. I mean, he has six PGA Tour wins, and he was still fairly young. He didn't win any majors or anything, but, you know, there's a lot of talk about him coming back. He's going to play on the Live Tour. But I, I don't really remember him that well outside of the fact that, that they used to talk about how he choked up on all of his clubs and that he was one of the rare uh, elite players that, that choked up on his clubs as much as he does. Yeah, I remember. I, I do believe he had quite a round at Augusta. He was a really good player back then. So, yeah. uh, you know, coming back, and who knows, I heard the, the, the murmurs about Rory possibly looking yeah. at Liv, too. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to uh, to see what this golf season has in store for us. If if Rory goes to Liv, there has to be a merger at that point. I mean, the Ryder yeah. Cup team for the Europeans is just devastated without him without Tyrrell Hatton without John Rahm they don't they don't have a, a, a competitive Ryder Cup team uh without those three guys so yeah Rory's former manager I think it was or caddy yeah. uh indicating that he believes Rory is going for 750 million pounds which is pushing a billion dollars so that would be hard to walk away from that's for sure if you're Rory right yeah hey Sean thanks so much have a great day thanks Todd uh, Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.